2: Hello and welcome to another edition of Around the Coin. I am your host, Faisal Khan. With every passing day, it seems cryptocurrencies are cementing another block on the pavement of banking and payments. Day in and day out, the usage of crypto is growing, as well as innovative new companies, coins, exchanges and concepts are propping up. While crypto still has a long way to go, it would be an understatement to say it is here to stay. One such company that is making a massive shift on the grassroot level is Paxful. In many countries today, if you want to buy or sell crypto at the ground level and trade with other institutions and people, chances are Paxful is powering that transaction and making it happen. I'm very happy to get a hold of the CEO and co-founder of Paxful, Mr. Ray Youssef. So, hi Ray, how are you?
1: I'm doing great, Faisal. I'm here in London and things are going beautifully.
2: Very good. Very good. So, Ray, as everyone else would like to know, you know, you've built one of the most successful internet companies with related to crypto. And, you know, maybe a couple of years ago, people had no idea about Paxful today. It's, you know, it's mainstream. You want to do a Bitcoin trade. Paxful is a name that comes up. So tell us about the journey. How did you get started and how did you make one of the most successful companies and, you know. I believe you're the CEO and co-founder. So tell me, how'd you get started and how'd you end up here?
1: Yeah, so I got started uh, when I went to my first Bitcoin meetup ever, and I met my co-founder there. He It was also his first Bitcoin meetup. It was at the Bitcoin Center in New York, run by Nick Spanos, and that proved to be an amazing place where so many people uh, met, found their co-founders. A lot of good things happened to that. It was a great community. So my thanks out to Nick for, for doing that. Me uh, and Paxful, we want to do the same thing. We want to have incubators around the world. But later about that, um, Artur and I bonded. Artur Shavak is his name. He was an Estonian guy who came to New York. He uh, was trying to <coughs> find the promised land, just like me and my parents did about 30 years ago when we came to America, to New York. So we bonded over that. He was a first-generation immigrant, just like me and my parents. And we especially bonded over Bitcoin and what it could actually do for people. We believed that Bitcoin could help the little guy. It could help all those invisible people all over the world that just are completely ignored by society because they have no financial identity. The more we go deeper and deeper into this, the more we understand how severe the problem of financial apartheid really is. And that is ultimately Paxwell's mission, is to cure financial apartheid. That is what's been holding down the emerging world, especially Africa, for the past 100 years. People don't understand how bad it is. So let me give you guys, you know, just some uh, understanding of how deep the problem is. So in Africa, you know, there's 2,000 payment networks, including the banks, all the online wallets, etc. Only 3% of them actually talk to each other. In Africa, it's a nightmare just to send money to the country next door with the banking system. It's either just to fly the money in a suitcase and take it on a plane. So can you imagine how advanced the United States would be if you couldn't even send money from New York to New Jersey? It wouldn't be advanced at all. So that's the, that's the thing people have to understand. There's a reason why Africa is, is a third world continent still. It's because it is artificially being kept down. And I'll give you some more examples. And this is a big one. There are 14 economies in Africa that are still under colonialist rule. Yes, I'm not joking. 14 economies in Africa use the African franc, which is about as African as the Federal Reserve is federal. Their francs are literally printed for them in Paris, sent over to each of these African countries, and the Africans have to pay for the money that the French printed up for them. Meaning that the French can basically control the amount of volume, money, and circulation in those economies. Meaning they're basically master and owner of the entire economy. If they want to keep economy uh, under control, like keep it artificially starved of cash so it doesn't grow, they can do that. If they want to inflate economy to death, it's a little harder for them, but they can still do that too. The fact that this colonial system, 14 nations, is still happening today... It absolutely shocked me it filled me with righteous indignation that's how bad the problems of financial apartheid are but it gets even worse because in many african nations like nigeria like egypt even south africa it's hard to send money out of the country in south africa they limit you to about a, th- a million pounds a year that you can send out that's about sixty eighty thousand dollars a year in nigeria and egypt it's nearly impossible even to send out five bucks the nigerians have to go through so much hassle buying You know, U.S. dollars in the black market, finding a way to get that to America and then to Hong Kong and then to China. They often use their family relations. But what happens to all the people that don't have family living in China and they need to buy something off Alibaba? It literally is that hard. I mean, in in Nigeria and other African nations, if you get a debit card, you can only spend $100 a month online with it. So think about all those restrictions. That is financial apartheid. That is the way to keep a brilliant, industrious, well-educated, ambitious people down, unemployed and poor. We're here to fix that. So the question is, what can Bitcoin really do? (sighs) Bitcoin by itself, it cannot do the job. Because Bitcoin doesn't really interact with the world of fiat. And most of the money in the world is still in fiat. In the beginning, we all thought Bitcoin was going to become, you know, the ultimate, the dominant monetary system. We're going to be buying coffee with it. While that might that might indeed happen one day, it's uh, certainly not the killer app of Bitcoin to be a currency that everyone uses. Now, it's more of a clearing layer for all the other world's money. And that's how we're using it. And we didn't figure that out ourselves. Our African users taught us that because we saw them turning gift cards into money in their bank account. Gift cards bought in California become Nigerian Naria in their bank account. How do they do that? They did two peer-to-peer trades. First, they took the gift card code, sold it to some guy in China, got it, got some Bitcoin, took the Bitcoin, sold it to a guy in Nigeria, and he paid them by sending money to their bank account. Look at what they just did. They just converted a US dollar gift card into a Nigerian bank transfer using two peer-to-peer trades. So effectively, what Paxful does is it turns... Bitcoin into a universal translator of money, and that is the ultimate cure for financial apartheid. We basically allow these people to use the wealth that they have, and they have a lot of it. They just can't use it. Now we allow them to use it. And that's the greatest invention of the past 100 years.
2: Well, that's, that's, you know, an amazing story, but I would like you to maybe shed a little bit light on, you know, when you have the idea... You know, a lot of people have the idea. A lot of people can see where the payment systems are broken, where the opportunities are. But how do you, How did you and your co-founder really bring it to life? I mean, you know, you are, like I said, you know, maybe three years ago, four years ago, this was an idea sitting on a table. And you're saying, hey, you know what? We can solve this problem. We can do this. We can do that. But how did you execute it and bring it to where it is today?
1: Well, it all comes down to our values. So... The journey defined our values and our values continue to shape our journey. So at Paxwell, we have three values. The first one is the most important. It's to stay connected to the streets. Sounds simple enough. You should listen to your customers. You know, you should constantly be looking at them to see how they use your product, look through their eyes. But to do that, you actually have to talk to people. You have to get down to their level and talk to them like real human beings. And most people in fintech don't do that. Most people in crypto don't do that. (laughs) And it's unfortunate because that's what we need to do. Because, you know, how people use crypto in, in Kenya is very different from how people use crypto in Nigeria or South Africa or India very very different use cases based on locality so we we need to be hyper connected to the streets as an industry and unfortunately i'd say crypto is the least connected industry to the streets we're all on crypto twitter trying to find the latest pump and dump and we're not actually talking to real people at Paxful, we're always on the front lines <coughs> we went to africa f- over four years ago <coughs> we told everyone that africa is the next america No one believed us. They thought that Africans couldn't use crypto, you know, couldn't figure it out. (coughs) Didn't make enough money. Fast forward four years later, Africa's leading global Bitcoin adoption in Google searches, sheer number of transactions, ingenuity of trading, building trade routes, building businesses. There are users and uh, Paxful from Africa that have built little versions of Western Union on top of Paxful, or even PayPal on top of Paxful, focused on specific corridors. That's beautiful. So, staying connected to the streets is critical. You will not, any idea that you come up with yourself is probably going to suck or it's not going to catch traction. There's no product market fit. So, don't come up with any ideas yourself. You can have a starting point, but you should be hyper responsive to the market and always have a direct line to the streets, meaning a small niche community that can actually help you, that talk to you, and you should listen. That's number one. That is what's responsible for our success. When everyone in the mainstream came to Bitcoin, literally everyone in the scene ignored them because they didn't want to deal with teaching people how to copy and paste the Bitcoin address on an Android phone, right? No one wanted to go through that. We actually went through that on the phone, listening to people, seeing the product through their eyes. And that's why we're so successful, just because we listen. We take our product seriously. We put humans first, not technology. So that is the first value of Paxful, and it's the key to our success. The other two values are build for people, meaning we're a product-based company that likes to give back, you know, our built with Bitcoin initiative. We're building 100 schools across Africa and the emerging world. We're on our fourth school in Nigeria. We're building wells in every district that we go to as well. And that's because we believe in giving back from day one, not just when we make it or become billionaires. That's an oath I took with my co-founder. Hey, if we actually made this thing work, we are going to be good people. We're going to be responsible corporate citizens. And we've done that. So building for people, that is important. You know, Paxwell is not an abstract thing. It's a real product that people use every single day. And that is what we should all be shooting for. And our last value is to be a hero. And you can take that however which way you will, but we are in a business where fires break out every day. You know, it's like being your superhero back cave headquarters and on the screen you hear, dee, 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 inflationary crisis in Venezuela, in Turkey, you know, huge deflationary crisis in Lebanon. People are starving. Everywhere in the world, every single week, some huge problem will break out with money and people will suffer for it. So the question comes to us is what can we do to help those people? And that's what drives us every single day here at Paxful.
2: That's a fantastic story, and I really do admire and appreciate what you're doing as far as your corporate social responsibility is concerned. Let me uh, ask a question: How did you overcome the extreme knowledge, uh, you know, disparity, if you will, that you had to learn regarding the various countries, their regulations, their payment systems? What was missing? What was not missing? Etc. I mean, that must have been a learning, ex- a serious learning experience, no?
1: Well, the first thing that we learned is that regulators are still playing catch-up. They honestly have no idea what's going on. They're just trying to get there and figure things out. So we should help them understand because you look at Africa, you know, Africa is is a place that suffered immensely. You know, Africans are not the ones that get scammed by all these external scammers. So much so that when we went there last year and gave a campus tour at eight different universities, nearly everyone in every room had either known someone that had been scammed or had been scammed themselves in a crypto related scam amazing right like nearly everybody wow wow this is crazy it was either a multi-level marketing scam a crypto mining which for losing money day trading everyone had lost money or known someone that lost money and that's because when you say bitcoin there people roll their eyes oh no not again So I heard that and I said, okay, how about I tell you what you can do with Bitcoin? That's not a means of investment. It's actually a means of exchange and you can use it to solve a real problem. And you can even build your own business on it. And when I said that, their eyes lit up like, wow, is there something I can use here to create opportunity? And that's the key world in Africa and in India too. People want opportunity. They want a path forward and upward. And that's what Bitcoin gives them. Under a system like Paxful, a people-powered marketplace for money transfers, it is absolutely the critical building block that Bitcoin needs, that crypto needs to get to the mainstream. So enough of it gets into circulation, and people know what they can do with it once they have it. Because without the off-ramps, people aren't going to walk the on-ramps. It's simple, right? But we don't think about this when we're in our crypto kind of tech bubbles. Us crypto bros are not thinking about the people, but we at Paxwell are.
2: So let me ask you another question on the same uh, sort of lining and reasoning. How do you ensure that the users who are going to be using your system and eventually be doing trades using Bitcoin and then, you know, the on-ramp and off-ramp, how are they protected in the environments that they work in, you know, with regards to licensing? Are there, I mean... Is it um, a mandate that you say, well, you know, that's up to them? Or is it something that you are covering them under your umbrella? Or is it something so gray that at this point in time, you're just letting it grow and then you will address the problem when it comes to it?
1: Yeah, it's a great question. So all everyone wants, including ourselves, is clarity. Most regulators are just starting to figure this out. They don't exactly know how to police this. They don't know what's happening. They're trying to understand but all everyone wants is clarity. The people that are building their businesses on Paxful, trading especially, they want to know, okay, how much do I have to pay in taxes? What exactly do I have to do here? What can I not do? Do I have to collect KYC for every transaction under how much? <clears throat> there are no such guidelines yet by nearly any government in the world. I believe Japan is the only one that took the initiative there, and it's working out very well for them. So that you know, that's something that there is no guidance there, unfortunately. At Paxful, we are very keen to talk to regulators around the world and help them understand what's going on, potentially help craft legislation that will bring clarity. Because a lot of our traders, they're very happy to pay taxes. They're happy to file reports and, and do all these things and collect KYC. They do it already. They just want to understand, okay, if I do this, I'm not going to get in trouble and I'm good with the law. And This is how we operate. So this search for clarity is still ongoing. But, you know, The one thing that we can do right now is teach people to be responsible with their money, because we're living in a new era where your money is literally on your computer. That's a very frightening thought for most people, right? So there's a lot of work to do just to educate people about, hey, don't use the same password that you use on your email account. Always use two-factor, app two-factor, not SMS two-factor, because it can be hacked. These are basic things, you know, not trading off escrow. These are basic things we need to teach people, but it's, it's extremely difficult because there's a lot of education required. A lot of our, our people, our users, our customers are you know normal people. They're not technocrats. They're simple people coming here scared for the first time. So really, the challenge is all about education, not just the customers, but also the regulators and ourselves.
2: What about the question of, you know, compliance. Uh, Do you self-police yourself and say, you know, even though we have regulatory and licensing, uh, let's say we don't have clarity as far as regulations and licensing is concerned, do you yourself proactively introduce a compliance regime uh that you think is good enough should regulatory uh, you know uh, clarity come into being in certain countries do you do that i mean will you adhere to the fatf rule or for travel rules etc and so forth or are you just right now saying no you know we don't have clarity we will implement them once we are once once it's told to us
1: yeah, so Paxwell is leading the way in okay. compliance. We've gotten our MSB in the United States. We're getting all of our MTLs in the United States as well. And we like to get compliant in every single country in the world because we operate in every single country in the world. But we are leading the way in compliance, especially as far as peer-to-peer marketplaces goes. That being said, you know, we're living in the age of compliance and regulators are really trying to make, uh, you know, they're trying to make some progress here. You know, some regulators believe in regulation through prosecution, and some are just still trying to find their way and looking for someone they can trust. So ultimately, at the end of the day, we're living in the age of compliance. We all have to you know, change. We have to adjust. And we have to innovate as well. And one of the biggest places we can innovate is KYC. There is no such thing as localized KYC solution in anything in fintech. So we have to actually build that.
2: And what about sharing? I mean, you are building something from the ground up, street level. Will you be sharing these innovations with other exchanges as far as KYC and, you know, the, uh, let's say, the tokenized exchange of identity with other providers?
1: Absolutely. A peer-to-peer alliance is really what we need. We need people to come together and join this. You know, because Bitcoin started as peer-to-peer electronic cash and peer-to-peer is how it should end. Centralized exchanges are not the way forward. I love DeFi in general, except for all the scams, the technology is amazing, but it still has a long way to go to bring it to the mainstream. But ultimately, we're always doing the same thing and we need to work together because if we bicker and fight each other in this space for small tufts of land, we will never build the option that people truly need, which is um, a free flowing network of money transfers around the world. Because without Bitcoin, without what we're doing, What's there left? Only Swift, which barely works. And if you knew how Swift actually worked behind the scenes, you'd be horrified. It's a largely manual paperwork system that's about 40 years old. So we cannot fight and bicker amongst ourselves. We must work together in Paxful. We are very keen to do that. We've already started gathering allies, and we'll be launching some massive projects in Africa Because I do believe that Africa is the next America. I also love India as well. Just those two places alone, if we just focus all our energies on that, we would make such tremendous progress moving forward.
2: So one question maybe on the difficult side. What was it like exiting Venezuela, a market that really could use crypto? What was that like for you guys?
1: It was painful for me personally as a CEO and I had to make the call. I love the Venezuelan people, they have fought so hard, they're against, so much is against them, but ultimately we're an American company and Venezuela has fallen under the dark side of the OFAC list, along with Iran. So it's a place we have to step away in. The, The biggest bank in Venezuela got sanctioned by the U.S. State Department. So right there we saw the writing on the wall And we knew we wouldn't be able to support the venezuelan people at the level that they deserved so we decided to pull out and focus on places where we could have the most effect because ultimately for us it's about it's about serving the people who really need it most and doing the most good where we can be it's not just about you know profits if it was only about profits for us we would have added all the you know altcoins and all this stuff before but we've been supporting bitcoin for a very long time because we really believe in the central mission of bitcoin to help the people
2: so, I mean, you talk about financial apartheid and, you know, this is something where the United States has a long arm. I mean, you know, it can suddenly decide to say, well, you you know, this is a sanctioned country. These are sanctioned people. If it goes on the OFAC, you have to comply. And, you know, decentralization and you look at the, you know, the whole Bitcoin thing and you look at what's happening in Africa, etc. Do you plan to segregate your company at some point in time and sort of become a decentralized company where you say, you know what, this is my American company. This is my ROW, rest of the world company. And we'll keep the two separates because we still want trade to happen.
1: It's an interesting question. we thought about a lot of things, but ultimately as an American entity, there are limits to what we can do. We don't have these offshore shell companies that other crypto exchanges use like Binance. You know, they believe in shopping for lawyers and regulatory arbitrage. We can't do that as an American company. You know, serving the peoples of Africa is a huge mission. But really what we need to do is connect the West to the emerging world. And we're not going to do that being outside of the West. And and that's very hard. Like, It's a hard pill for people to swallow, but it's the truth. We have to bridge the two economies together. If we can't do that, we're not going to succeed in our mission. And that means we need to work with Uncle Sam. And that's a truth that I had to accept. It means we won't move as fast as we would like to move, which is very painful for me because I like to build and I like to help people as quickly as possible. But that's just the game that we're playing in, and the grown-ups in the room will recognize that.
2: Well, that's a pragmatic approach, I guess. Another question on the marketplaces. I mean, there are so many marketplaces for freelancers where, you know, the fifty-four countries in Africa are active participants, but yet those freelancing marketplaces don't sort of you you don't see a PAXful payment option over there. Is that something you are considering somewhere down the line so that you will have native access to uh payout in let's say Fiverr or Upwork or Toptal, et cetera?
1: Absolutely. We're building fiat on ramps constantly. We're also launching uh, all these new products, including something called Pay with Paxful. It's essentially like PayPal checkout, but the merchant, you know, buyers that are going to the merchant site can pay with any form of money that we support any gift card, any bank transfer, Western Union cash, any online wallet, meaning someone from Kenya could buy an Xbox from California using their M Pesa account is the merchant in California would use Pay With Paxful. That's coming soon. We already have a version of that that's in use by all the major, the top 10 Bitcoin exchanges in the world. And it's very successful, It converts quite well. And we're going to roll it out professionally to the entire world. It's a huge game-changing product. I look for more products like this coming out of Paxful because that's the thing about us. We don't rest on our laurels just because we have one successful product. There are many more products that need to be built to serve people and serve different needs. And we're building them step-by-step. Step. Next year especially, look for at least three new product launches from Paxful.
2: Very good. Last question. How effective, good, bad, you know, has the pandemic been for your business? What has it done for your business?
1: Well, the first month it happened, business went down, but then business started growing and it's been growing quite dramatically since then, anywhere from 5 to 20% a month, actually. So... You can't shut people down. You know, people are going to find a way to continue to do business. They'll find new ways of doing business. And the beautiful thing about Paxful and Bitcoin, you can do it all online. There's no way to stop it. There's no uh, cleaning your hands there because everything is clean.
2: Do you ever get scared? what, what, What keeps you up at night?
1: What keeps me up at night is honestly us not being able to react fast enough to help people when the need arises. Hmm. and there's a lot of reasons for that one is you know things happen most companies take a long time to adjust we immediately notice what's going on as we're listening to our people and then we have to think okay what can we do to help them with what we have okay there's nothing that can really do it streamline enough way to help the mainstream people there let's build this new product so for me as a ceo it's all about building things as quickly as possible clearing them with compliance and legal making sure it's on the up and up and then doing it the more roadblocks and complications and Parts of that machinery that there are, the more complex it is, and as an entrepreneur, it's all about speed. So that's what keeps me up at night: that we're just not moving fast enough to help people who really need the help. Ray Yusuf, thank you. You've
2: been an awesome host, and you know we wish you well on your journey for Paxful and connecting all the countries and territories to trade uh, seamlessly. And I hope this dream of yours that there is equal financial access for all countries comes true.
0: Thank you very
1: much. Thank you, Faisal. It's been a pleasure.
0: i